It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 71 degrees outside. It has not changed two-tenths of a degree since we came in this morning at 6 a.m. By the way, if you miss, if you sort of want to see what goes on earlier in the show, and I know a lot of people are waking up for the 8 o'clock hour of the Lawn and Garden Show, and if you don't know what happens during the 6 o'clock hour of the show, there are podcasts that you can download from the WSB radio site, and you can hear who we talk to in the morning. And you'll be surprised to know that the tenor of the show is different each hour that we broadcast from 6, 7, and 8 a.m. on a Saturday. In fact, many of you don't know, if you, if you haven't listened at 6 a.m., that we have a regular caller named Nicole who has her own fan club. She is usually, typically, the first caller every Saturday morning. And we talk to Nicole for 10 minutes or so every Saturday during that very first segment of the show. It allows me to build up some calls so I can sort of see what's going on for the morning. But more importantly, I have a great conversation with a gardener who is consistently interested in the entire natural world. And we have wonderful conversations, but that's what happens at 6 o'clock. My audience that time of day is usually doctors and nurses and third shift people, workers who are coming back off of a, off a job or maybe go into an early shift for a job, too. And then the audience for this hour of the show changes. Now we have, during the fall and spring, I guess we have the soccer moms and dads who are carrying their kids around to the soccer games. We have uh, the ministers who are out there thinking, what are they going to preach about Sunday morning? We have the rabbis thinking about what are they going to say for the, for the bat mitzvah this morning. And so you've got lots of different people. People listening to the show each weekend. But if you want to listen to a podcast, it might be interesting for you to do that. Again, you can go to WSB Radio and search a little bit for the Walter Reeves page and get my podcast and listen to it. While you're clicking around on the internet, you can go to my website, go to WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Pinterest, on Twitter, on Facebook, where I post things during the week that might be of interest to you. And you might find some stuff that would be not something we talk about on Saturday. So that's a reason to go to the Walter Reeves website and get information there. Larry's in Rex, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Larry, hey, good morning. Morning, Walter. What's up? Walter, I've got three grasses in my front yard. I've got Bermuda, Centipede, and uh, Zorgia. The Zorgia's pretty new. Got it. Six, uh, six weeks old today. And is there a common fertilizer that I can put down that's not going to hurt the centipede? Ah, great question. Ooh, let's thread some needles here and see if we can get it right. Well, let me ask you a question, another question, before you answer that one. A caller before me about 20 minutes ago asked about 10, 10, 10, and you said no, and then you mentioned a fertilizer that I uh, just, uh, I don't know what, I didn't really pick up on, 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 on your answer to him. Yeah. It was, a, you said, just a common lawn fertilizer. Common, yeah, lawn fertilizer or turf fertilizer. Turf fertilizer, I mean, the, okay. It'll say so on the bag, of, you know, turf fertilizers, all it'll say. Usually it's one of those that has a real high first number, 2734, 2709. Okay. Okay, I'm with you there. The I'm reason, always heard I, it. Let me explain a little bit about why I do that, Larry. The 101010 is a fertilizer, yes, but for grasses, 
the availability of the nutrients in 10-10-10 is immediate. If you put it down and it rains, it's going to be out there making the grass grow for the next five or six days, and then it disappears because the nutrients are so water-soluble that they just disappear. And so the grass gets fed really, really much for about five or six days, and then for the next four or five or six weeks, the grass doesn't get a lot. You can't really add safely more 10-10-10 to it. Whereas the lawn fertilizer that I told that guy earlier, and I want to talk to you about as well, has a what's called a, a method of treating the fertilizer so that it's released over a long period of time, six weeks right. usually. And so that for a grass, that's content. perfect. That's what a grass wants. So this would be a high nitrogen content, like 24 or something like that. Yeah, you got it. And okay, honestly, so truly, the, 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 the key is maybe not the numbers on the bag. For your mixture, you had zoysia and Bermuda and centipede, I think you said. Right. Is that right? So the, the key is not necessarily the numbers. It is the timing, because Bermuda grass really likes to be fed at least three, if not four times during the summertime. Zoysia likes to be fed two, if not three times. Centipede, one time. Okay. <laughs> so you got three I different appetites out there, and you're I, trying to I feed them all. That. I can fix that. I, I've, never, I've never properly fertilized my yard uh, because... Well, when it's green and growing, that fertilizer is the last thing on my mind. <laughs> and when you're you know, mowing, I mean, it's too the same thing. If right. I fertilize, I'm going to mow more. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, but um, my centipede, I've had problems with it. It's uh, it's only two years old, but I called you a couple months ago and had a lot of bare spots in, in my centipede that uh, you said was caused from the drought from last summer. Could be. So I tilled that, I tilled those up and put 300 square feet of uh, zoysia in, and it's 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 just doing great. But uh, I just I need to I need to keep I need to fertilize it regularly. Yeah. So the centipede maybe once during the summer, and you the got it. Bermuda maybe three times, and it's orange twice. If you'll do that, I can guarantee, Larry, it'll look better than it does today. Walter, thanks for your help. Oh, Good. I got to have one more quick question. It's uh, got to be thirty second quick. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, this is twenty second. Halts, uh, halts pre-emergent for all three uh, in September. Uh, would that be good for centipede? Sure. Works fine okay. on all of them. Great. Have a good weekend, Walter. You too, Larry. Thanks for calling, man. Thanks. Thank you. Bonnie in Buford, Georgia. Bonnie joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bonnie, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Great. How can I, how can I help? Well, I think I've identified pine needle pitch tubes. Uh-oh. Tell me I'm more. Um I've looked at them online. I'm going to probably have to get an arborist out here. But anyway, if that's indeed what I have, what are, what precautions do I need to take regarding my other pine trees around it? Tell me if you see anything in the needles themselves rather than the pitch tubes coming, the rosin coming out of the trunk. Well, what do you see about the needles of your pine tree? Um, well, one of them, where I first noticed it, it actually was a dead tree. It broke yeah. off at the seven-foot mark. And oh, I looked at it, and it had all these white little tiny tubes all over it. Okay. So, hmm. it, it, I don't know. It, 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 I, it's a dead tree. It didn't have any needles on it at all. Well, look up at the rest of your trees. That's the first thing to do. You or an okay. arborist, either one, can pretty well tell green from brown, right? Right. So you go right. out and you look. And if they're all green, that's good. If they're all brown, we got problems. But <laughs> the... The pitch tubes, or rosin, popcorn, whatever you want to call the things, the pitch tubes that come out of a tree are a result of beetles. And there are two or three different beetles that attack pine trees. There's southern pine beetle, there's Ips beetle, there's turpentine beetle. And all of them, when they bore in, the 
tree responds by trying to bleed, trying to drown them, frankly, with the sap as it, it tries to protect itself. So I have been saying, during the spring off and on, I've said that because of the drought last year, we were likely to look at a lot of southern pine beetle and Ips beetle attacks on pine trees, and the pitch twos would be pretty evident. Fortunately, and Bonnie, this is the great news, fortunately, we've had the exact kind of weather you need to thwart the the activities and the attacks of the Ips and the southern pine beetle, which is lots of rain consistently from the beginning of the spring on through right now, middle of June, because that simply gives the tree lots of liquid sap that they can use to drown the beetles when they come in. So at this point, unless you're seeing browning needles on your tree, I think you let Mother Nature do her job. That would be awesome if I don't have to pre- proactively yeah, cut them down. No. I'm just giving you a really good and cheap, easy-to-do advice. Look at your trees and don't worry about it. That's great. Yeah, news. don't worry about it. I like that. I, on one of the trees, I'm seeing, uh, does this have anything to do with uh, infection? I see a whitish sap dropping droppings down it. Yeah, that's, again, that's uh, defenses against the beetle. If you see one, no big deal at all, that's... You know, right, I just see one on this one, and then tiny little white. Mo- I just noticed that tiny little white mushroom squirting out of the bark. Is it mushrooms or is it the rosin? No, these are like little. They little, little. They look like mushrooms. Got little caps on them and little stems that attach mm. to the bark. They're beige colored, and they're more not more than about um, an eighth to three sixteenths inch wide at the little mushroom cap. Uh. Now, that's not good, Bonnie. <laughs> now, I wish I hadn't turned sent you out there. Um, uh, you're looking at them as we're talking because I just noticed them. Yeah, but when you see mushrooms coming out of the trunk of a tree, the mushroom is simply saying there is a big fungal feeder inside the tree that needs to bloom. That's what a mushroom is, is a flower. And so something is chewing either on the bark or under the bark or in the trunk of the tree which weakens it, which then causes it to fall, which is not the good news you wanted to hear. Uh-oh. Yeah, so where I those mushrooms are, I'm saying that's something that you do need an arborist to come look at, because mushrooms, as I say, are just an indicator of something is de- decomposing, decaying the trunk of the tree. I have never noticed those before. Okay. Well, I went from good news to not so good news. <laughs> GeorgiaArborist.org. GeorgiaArborist.org. There are a lot of certified uh, tree huggers on there that you can hire one to come out and look at your trees and give I you a good sure will. good uh, report. Thank you so much. It's Appreciate a pleasure, Bonnie. Great question and good talking to you. See you soon. Bye-bye. It's 817. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's rainy today, high 82, lows overnight 67, 80% chance of thunderstorms throughout the day. Tomorrow, rain likely goes away, high around 84 and low of 61 degrees tomorrow night. Then sunny, sunny Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe a little bit further than that. The full weekend forecast Kirk Mellish will provide in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Steve in Alpharetta joins us. Hey, Steve. Morning. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. 
How hey, can it help? Uh, yeah, I got a beautiful stand of camel lilies, but the leaves, uh, just like they're welded together, and they don't open up, they get rotten. Yeah. What, yeah. what is that? I can't find a bug in there. Oh, have you looked inside? You put your finger inside, sort of unroll to see what's going on? Yes, I do, and half of the leaves are already rotten. Yeah. The 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 bug itself is called the canna leaf roller because that's sort of what it does, right? It's on a canna. It rolls the leaves up and stitches right. them together. You've probably seen it if you look close. The little pieces of uh, webbing it looks like on the edge yeah, of the leaf right. that roll uh-huh. it up together. Uh-huh. And there are actually two kinds, and you can tell the difference, Steve. And I posed this to Ashley a minute ago because she had them on her cannas too earlier this year. If there's a lot of poop inside there, it is the lesser canna leaf roller. If there's no poop at all, it is the greater canna leaf roller. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, I know. You don't need that information, do you? But I'm just telling you, just uh, no charge for that. But uh, the lesser one is probably the more common one, and I have had it in my cannas for ooh, three or four or five years, I guess. And finally, the way that I guess I fixed it with Steve was I put... Um, um, the uh, systemic insecticide, bayer tree and shrub, I was treating some azaleas for lace bug, and I thought, I wonder if this would help with my canna leaf roller. And I applied the bayer tree and shrub to my cannas, and over a couple of years, gradually the leaf roller disappeared. I didn't have any anymore. So you can try that if you like. It takes that long, huh? It took that long for me. Maybe not for you. Maybe you'll get lucky in just a year. But the canna leaf roller... It's been with us for at least 10 or 15 years because I remember doing television about it down in Griffin. They have a big canna uh, planting down there. And we unrolled the leaves and we looked at the little caterpillars inside and all that stuff. So I know we've had it around for a long while. I don't find any caterpillars or nothing in yeah, there, though. You look, you look close in there, Steve. There's a couple of caterpillars in there okay. pooping around. <laughs> They're chewing on the leaves inside where they're protected by the rolled-up leaf. And pooping up a storm, and they will uh, pupate. They'll make a little chrysalis or a little uh, pupa, I mean, and it'll drop to the ground, and then they'll hatch out again. There might be one or maybe two uh, generations per year. Well, can I can I cut them down at the end of the growing season and all right to the ground? Will that help? Even better would be to cut off the rolled up top and destroy it right now. Whenever you see a rolled okay. up top on the counter, cut it off, put it in a bag, throw it away. That okay. dis- disrupts the the uh, growth of the population. Okay, well, I got four acres of canna. Yeah. Good gosh, Almighty! How many cannas can you have, Steve? I don't know. I just uh, we moved out here from North Carolina, and I bought this land, and uh, the Sorry. cannas are they're just, just growing like weeds. <laughs> and they, I don't know. You stick them near the ground, and they smell it. Yeah, they do really like it. All right, Mister Canna Man. <laughs> we, Learn more about the canna leaf roller. You're going to have it for a while, Steve. And if you want to go to my website and look it up, the difference between the lesser and the greater canna leaf roller, you can. And using the uh, systemic insecticide on that. It's 828 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after news. Come on out, big moments. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
It's 835, 71.8 degrees at News Talk WSB. This is Lonnie Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your garden. One of the things that I have other people have said to me is that the tomatoes are not ripening very quickly right now, and I have whew, a pretty good number of tomatoes on my vines, and I haven't had but one, maybe two ripe tomatoes in the last week. Most of that, I think, is because of lack of sunshine, sunshine, day length and things. It's been pretty gloomy, rainy. Hadn't um, put a lot of sunshine and heat onto the tomato itself. As soon as it dries off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am looking forward to ripe tomatoes. You should look forward to them, too, if yours have not ripened correctly yet. If you have questions about gardening, you can call me, 404-872-0750, or... You can go visit your certified plant professionals at Pike Nursery, one of whom is my friend Mickey Gazaway. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. So that means I don't have to eat all my tomatoes as fried green tomatoes. I saw a uh, notice yesterday from my friends Mickey Harp down in Inman, Georgia, where I'm from, saying that they actually have a surplus of tomatoes right now. So if you're going through Inman through South Fayette County, I think it's a dollar a pound or some crazy cheap wow. price because they've got rows and rows and rows of tomatoes that, that uh, he and his daughter Stephanie, Ricky and uh, Stephanie, have, uh, have ripened down there. But at my house, i got green tomatoes everywhere and no ripe yeah. ones. Me too. Me too. So, Mickey, let's get down to business. We got a great, a great sale on this week from Pike Nursery. What is going to be our Pike Pick of the Weekend? Well, it's the our mini nuggets. The mulch mini nuggets, uh, they're right? Four for ten. Uh, yeah, they're four for ten dollars, and that's a great deal. That's it sure really is. is. It's, and I use mini nuggets everywhere. <laughs> I think last year when you did this, I took my trailer and went over and got like ten, yeah. twelve bags, something like that. I thought, oh man, that's a good deal. I got to get that. Yeah. They yeah. make everything look nice. They do. You know? Do you, and uh, let's get personal about this, Mickey. Do you like the mini nuggets or the big nuggets, or why do you prefer one over the other? Well, especially if I'm using them in flower beds, I'd rather use the, the mini nuggets than the big ones. Um, but I, I never use the big ones. I don't I know why some people do. But, I, I um, don't either. I'm not sure where I, I would use them in my landscape. But maybe in a large, large area. But usually in large, large areas. I use pine straw, okay. and then in smaller areas, I use mini, mini nuggets. That's just the way I do it. And do you rake the old mulch away before you put the nuggets down, or you just put them over the top? I do it over the top for two or three years until I have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, till it gets too deep. Yeah. I did use it in my garden one year. Well, I'd, actually, I did it for two seasons, and what I found was it got too it was too chunky, so I had to get some of that out. Uh-huh. It looked good, but it, it, it seeds wouldn't germinate because it was so, um, you know, it was so chunky. Got it. Okay. So I took that out and started using wheat straw again. What's on uh, not on sale for Pike Pig? What are the great plants that look good in Pike Nurseries this week? Um, our salvias are looking good, really, mm. really, really good. The begonias are looking good. Um. I think, what else? You should have told me you were going to ask this. Uh, um, let me see. I have a direct question about salvia. You can answer this okay. one, maybe. When I, was in, right. when I was in England two weeks ago, I saw a particular salvia called Amistad, A-M-I-S-T-E-D. We have had that. We've had that. It looks great. It's a blue, big, blue, pretty yeah, salvia. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I used that last year in my garden. 
Yeah, it's uh, pretty. It's uh, a good man, one. Go visit my local Toco Hill and see if they got any Amistad there today, because that was a really pretty salvia. Yeah, we've got one. Of course, the black and blue is the one I can, you know, I'm always pushing because right. I love the hummingbirds so much. And I want you to know, I'm not in work yet, and today I'm sitting in my backyard and I'm watching the hummingbirds on my black and blue salvia right now. Right. And there's three of them out there right now. Right. That that's just the hummingbird magnet. It so is a great plant. Black like black and blue salvia for those who didn't catch mm-hmm. it the first time. Black and blue salvia. Beautiful plant. Comes back <clears throat> excuse me, comes back every year, about four feet, would you say, hi, Mickey? Yeah, something and like that. Fabulous blooms, nice green foliage, dies back in the wintertime, you shave it off and then up it comes again in the spring. Great. That's plant. right, bigger and better. I usually have to take about half of it out every year, and then I give it away, and then I get about what I had the year before about doing that, because it is, it grows really fast. And perfect to be mulched with one. our mini nuggets, which are on sale, oh, 20% yeah. off. All you have to do is go to the cashier with a cart full of mini nuggets, or better yet, go to the cashier with your check, with your wallet in hand, and say, I would like somebody to load 10 bags of mini nuggets on my car. They're twenty percent off exactly because this right. is the this is the pipe pick that Mickey and Walter yeah, just, determined. Yeah, don't pick them up yourself. Come up there. That's why God made teenagers. <laughs> Y'all what, hire a lot of them. I know that's true. <laughs> they can come and they can hire it for you. They love it. They'll do a great job hiring it. It's one of the things we don't mention often enough that I love going to Pike for that reason is because they'll load it in your car right there and there's somebody there exactly in the back. Right on duty doing it rather than having to wait uh, 15 or 20 minutes so they call some guy we need somebody in the pine straw aisle please go to the pine straw <laughs> and nobody ever comes at pike they're there they'll load it in the car yeah, and we have the plastic to put down yeah so um yeah we've got some great kids working for us too good i want to thank them right now because they are great <laughs> they, they some of them look pretty sweaty by the end of the day on saturday they work hard Right. I'm glad to hear that. Well, Mickey, it's wonderful talking to you. Any more classes or anything going on this week? We don't have anything this week. Um, um, last week, of course, we had the uh, the bird class for the kids, and that was fun. And we had a butterfly class and hummingbirds the week before that. But we're going to have some more coming up. We just have to get them announced. Have to get them announced, get them planned, get them yeah. announced. So yeah. if, if we wanted to find out where is a location to get the mini nuggets on sale for 20% off all weekend long, where would we go? At pikenursery.com. Absolutely. Pike Nursery. And they're not, they're, they're not 20% off there unless that is. Oh, it's, it's four, four it's for $10. Four Excuse four me. Four for 10 Yeah, I can't do math. That's why I majored in horticulture. I can't remember what the original price is. Math. Okay. They are four for $10, friends. Not 20% right. off. Four for $10. That's but. Whatever the math works out to, that's what it is. That's yeah, the pike pick for the weekend. And we'll go to pikenursery.com to find out where the local pike nursery is located. Thanks so much, Mickey. You got it. See You're you welcome. S- Bye-bye. Mickey Gazaway, certified plant professional and hummingbird lover there in her backyard. Rick is in Rutledge, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. How can I help? Um, I've heard... You to respond to a lot of questions about ground cover. Most of the folks have areas that have limited sunlight. Yeah. But I've got about a thousand foot on an island in the middle of a farm pond. Get I can't out. get a lawnmower to it. Yeah. I've killed it all with Roundup. Now I'd like something that's going to grow back. Lots of sunlight, but I can't maintain it well. Wow. Now this is interesting. 
Do you want something that flowers? Do you want something that's low growing? What's sort of the Well, I'm thinking aim? I'm thinking something um of a medium height or at least would top out, you know, at a medium height and not be so big like privet had gotten yeah. over years and so forth and you know, flowers would be great. Just a part of me that says, you know, daylilies. Just get that guy out there and put some daylilies, some of those orange ditch lilies on it and cover that island up and Every year, it would be covered in orange, and all the neighbors would come and look at it. Yeah. The only okay. maintenance you might need is maybe row out there with a rowboat and a string trimmer in the wintertime and slice all the old dead foliage off. Okay. But that'd That's be about no it. But daylilies, well, that'd be one nice solution to it. Um, the other one, we were just talking about black and blue salvia. If you planted some black and blue salvia in and amongst, it would cover a 1,000 square feet in not too long of a time. You might just have clumps for four or five years, but eventually uh -huh. the black and blue salvia would cover that pond. Where is the pond located, Rick? In Morgan County. Okay. So it's not in north North Georgia where it's real no. cold or way down in South Georgia. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, let's see. So we got daylilies. we got maybe the salvia. Some of the permanent things. you got grasses too, but uh, grasses could be a problem because they're going to take a little bit more maintenance than the daylilies will. They'll need certainly to be pruned down every uh, every winter. That might be sort of a drag to have to do the ornamental grasses. Okay. The, on Back on daylilies, yeah. uh, is there specific ones? Of course, I'm familiar with the, the orange ones that <laughs> are old-timey and, yeah, and yeah. so forth. But did you have in mind something more specific? Not really. What I was thinking okay. specifically was cheap and easy. <laughs> Whatever you okay. can find cheap and easy and on sale or neighbors have extra of that you can collect and put out. If you wanted to have a little bit of contrast, some irises around the edge of the lake, or edge of the island would be interesting to put. There's yellow flag iris, a couple of purple irises, maybe some Japanese iris that would grow there in the muck on the edge of the island. But that would be sort of fun to have that as contrast with the daylilies on the on the upper part of the ground there. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. That sounds like it'll work for me. And you could probably mix um, one area with daylilies yeah. and then the other side with black and blue salvia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and border around the creative. edges. The irises kind of like wet feet a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the irises that I mentioned. Not all irises, but the one I mentioned, the Japanese iris and the flag iris. You, know, you can look online. You can see which ones are the, the wet feet iris, if you will, and which ones really would prefer dry bearded iris. are going to like dry land. Okay. Sounds like wonderful suggestions. Uh, you're going to be charging admission to go see your island pretty soon, Rick. There you go. All right. Well, thank uh, you very much for your help. You bet, Rick. Thanks for calling. It's 46 minutes past the hour. Russell in Oxford, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Ray, Russell, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? I'm great. What's up? I have got a plum tree I planted 12 years ago, yeah. and it's grown and produced fruit every year. And this year, um, about six or seven weeks ago, it had it, it, it already gotten leaves on it, had blooms, and actually had fruit on it. It suddenly just died. Ooh. All the all the the leaves turn brown. They're brittle now on the mm. on the small uh, limbs. The fruit and all is dead. It just died, and there's no obvious trauma to it. I've got some other fruit trees close by, some apple yeah. trees and, and pear trees. I have no idea what happened. Uh, I haven't done anything different with it than I've done. Uh, and all the, the 12 years since I planted it. The and only I didn't know if you had any ideas. The two sources of trauma, and you're, you're right, that's a good word, trauma. 
And that's what would have caused this immediate sort of death defoliation, or not defoliation, but browning, wilting, it's dead. Right. The only two that I can think of, one would be vole damage around the base, you know, voles, little metamice, and they chew around the base of plants. And with, okay. when they sever the ability of the plant to, to take water to the leaves, it dies in about four days. Roof, it's dead. That's what happened. So voles is one thing, and you'll be able to see, if indeed this is the case, you'll see the little gnawed area around the base of the tree. Okay. Um, if there's mulch underneath, you'll pull the mulch back and see if there's any damage underneath evident. The only okay. other thing I can think of is Asian ambrosia beetle, which are the things that make the little toothpicks that came out of, um, and they come out of crepe myrtles and Japanese maples, and we had a real big infestation or, or, or attacks, maybe is the right word, for Asian ambrosia beetle back in the spring, earlier in like April, May. And this would be around the time that plants That's that had fine, ambrosia yeah. beetles would be wilting and dying because of the fungus they introduced. That's now, would I they have think. gotten into the crepe myrtles? Because I have, I've, I've got a bunch of crepe myrtles that are nearby yeah. that there's been no problem with. Uh, if you haven't seen the toothpicks, then you don't have a problem. I would say yeah, they're more looked. likely to be on crepe myrtles than they would be on plums. Right, right. Oh, okay, so trauma, most trauma, trauma. Yeah, and there's, there's nothing nothing at all that I've seen, but I haven't yeah. looked you know, at the at the base of the tree or anything like yeah. that at this point. That's where you put on your Sherlock Holmes hat and sort of look down <laughs> at the base and bottom and roots, because that's what it is. It's not a blight. It's not some disease. It's not some insect. Right. It is physical something is going on with the base of the tree root system or something that caused it to die so quickly. Okay, yeah, and it did. It was really, really quick. Yeah. All right, well, really quick, i got to get out of here, Russell, but thank you so All much right. for your call. Let's see you, man. It's 849. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be rainy all day long. Highs in the mid-80s, down to the 60s overnight. Tomorrow, a little bit of rain in the morning, and then highs in the mid-80s again. Drying up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. A full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Tony is in Loganville and joins us for our last call of the day. Let's be quick, Tony. What you got? I have a a really beautiful pine tree about... Uh, but the roots are coming out of the ground. Uh, and my riding mower, the blade hits the roots, <laughs> bends the blades up. Yeah, man. I was wondering, can I cut the root out or can I trim it down to the ground and put that, like, band-aid stuff, like when you trim a limb, yeah. cover it to protect it? No and no. If you cut okay. the roots, you're going to give a place for infection and root rot to get into the tree. And more importantly, okay. you may sever a root that's holding the tree upright. We don't want the tree down. We want the tree up. Okay. So you can't do anything to harm the roots. If I were you, frankly, I'd put mulch over the top, pine straw, chips, dirt even. Any of those work fine, but don't be messing with those roots. That's what the tree needs, don't you? Okay. All right. There's the Thank answer. Thank you very right much. There. Don't be messing with that tree roots. They got to have them. It's been a great Saturday morning. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because I get to spend it with Ashley Frasca. That's why. Because I get to spend it with Jason Byer. That's why. 
Even Dave Baker coming in occasionally. It's okay sticking around with Dave Baker. But it's been a great Saturday morning, and I hope you've enjoyed it, too. If you don't get your questions answered here, of course, go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and get your questions. Use uh, my search line, name that plant, see the garden events, see the garden calendar as well. Otherwise, this Saturday morning just leads to what? Next Saturday morning, where I will see you again right here on News Talk WSB for another edition of Lawn and Garden. We'll see you then. <laughs>